You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We had big news here on Sunday, and I broke it down with the trade grades article there at SportingNews.com. Julio Jones dealt from the Falcons to the Titans. So the fallout of that move, reality-wise, a little bit of fantasy spin as well in Sporting News. And here that means we have to take a little deviation from looking at our mock draft. We started with the first round to close last week. Well, we're opening this week now reacting to the breaking news here. The big impact in fantasy football, Julio Jones trading teams going from the NFC South to the AFC South. So we'll break that move down for you in full here in depth on Lockdown Fantasy Football, a little special edition. Then we'll continue with our mock draft, uh, barring any other type of breaking news like this, such as Aaron Rodgers getting traded, we're still looking for that move. But Julio Jones rather significant to fantasy football, so we have to break that down. So what we'll do it here is look at Julio and specifically what this move means for his value. They're transitioning from Atlanta to Tennessee. Atlanta, he was the first-round draft pick in 2011, so big change for him there. First-rounder at uh, being traded for a second and fourth rounder. So, big change for Julio. He's 32 years old, coming off a hamstring injury. We'll break that down for you, what his value could be for the Titans in relation to what it was for the Falcons. Then we'll spend a segment looking at what this means for the Titans supporting cast, uh, how it breaks down and uh, how they're affected by Julio Jones' arrival. And then similarly, we'll look at the Falcons, how they're affected by Julio Jones' departure here in this trade. So, yeah, look at Julio individually, Titans, Falcons. Uh, we'll cover this trade from all angles. Before we dive into that here on Lockdown Fantasy Football to start the week, I have to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Julio Jones, when we saw him last, I mean, he was productive, but the problem was he couldn't stay healthy. The hamstring issue was a big deal here. He transitions from 31 to 32, so finished his age 31 season. So you look at it, uh, 68 targets for him last year, so that's what's vacating from Atlanta here. 51 catches, 771 and 3. Still average 50.1 yards per catch there. Only three TDs, but we know that's been an issue for Julio Jones for quite a while, getting those TD numbers up. He's just not a guy that Matt Ryan has boosted much in the red zone. He's only had one double-digit touchdown season as a receiver. That was in the 2012, so second year. He was a big touchdown maker there, 79 catches, 11-98. I think that's been his best overall season, but he's had some big seasons as well. 2015, 136 catches led the NFL in receiving yards 1871 with ATDs. Then he did the same thing in 2018, 1677 yards on 113 receptions, 8 TDs. So those are his three best seasons. He's had eight 
TDs three times, first as a rookie those two seasons, then 10. But then you look at the numbers otherwise. He had two touchdowns in 2013. He only played five games. He had six when he played 15 games in 2014. Same number, six in 2016 when he played 14 games. You have a full season there. That was a frustrating season, 2017. 88 catches, 1,444 yards, but only three TDs there. Six in 2019 on 99 catches, so pretty low there. 1,394 yards. And in the end, last year, 771-3. So when you project that, it was going to be a pretty standard season for Julio Jones. Roughly double the numbers, a little bit less than that. So you're looking at around 1,500 yards receiving and five to six touchdowns. So in line with what we've seen with Julio Jones, pretty consistent except for those few scoring spikes. And the yardage has always been up because of his high yards per catch. He's averaged 15.2 now over his career. His catch rate has been a little bit up and down, but part of that is the fact that he's a big play and big game dependent wide receiver where he needs those uh, spikes. He needs those home run plays. He needs those games where he's catching like 10 balls for 200 or something like that here and there that we've seen peppered into his work here for Atlanta. So he's not always the most consistent. You can't rely on him to get a touchdown for you if the yardage and catches aren't there. If the double teams are working against Julio Jones, you're not going to see the production. But we know that when he's healthy, he's an elite receiver. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro. The question is, soft tissue injuries. He's played through a lot through his career here in Atlanta. We'll see if he can do the same in Tennessee. But last year, it got up to him. A little bit there where he just couldn't stay healthy for some games. And there were some games where he's out there and you were looking at him and said, why is he playing? He doesn't look all that right out there. But he toughens it out. He wants to be out there for his team. But sometimes can be to his detriment where he's a very limited receiver. And remember, he's dependent on big plays stretching the field a lot for his production. And if it's not there, you're going to get some disappointment from Julio Jones. If a corner on the outside can contain him here easier than expected so that's a good thing to see with Julio Jones and his numbers big plays and all that the Titans are big play offense Atlanta really catered to what he did throughout its uh, different offensive coordinator changes it was going to Arthur Smith here so it looked like he could have had an A.J. Brown type season ironically if he had stayed there with the Falcons and stayed healthy but now He's the complimentary receiver to A.J. Brown. And what do we see there? That means another big play threat, another physical receiver with some speed, another guy that you can put in and stretch the field off the power running game, play action. Ryan Tannehill has been one of the best play action deep ball passers in the league the past two seasons under Arthur Smith. Smith now there in Atlanta trying to help Matt Ryan produce the same results. So very interesting that uh, Julio Jones goes to a team now without Arthur Smith traded by the Arthur Smith coach team. So we'll see definitely how that plays out. But right now, Julio, to me, still stands out as a wide receiver, too. We're going to be very careful with that. You look at Calvin Ridley, his rise in Atlanta. He pushed uh, Julio down to wide receiver, too, because Ridley is the more reliable, healthier, younger receiver. Plus, he scores in the red zone. And A.J. Brown, we know, is pretty special in his own right. He remains the wide receiver one, and he's the alpha here. 
Don't get confused. Julio Jones suddenly doesn't become the best receiver here for the Titans. A.J. Brown is that guy. Look at the numbers from last year for A.J. 70 catches, 106, 11 TDs, 10.75, breakout second season. He is a monster. He's got that same type of build there to stretch the field and make good plays. So the Titans did not trade for a number one receiver. They traded for a high-end number two behind A.J. Brown, and that's something we have to keep in mind. So having a guy to deflect the attention and coverage is huge for Brown. So there's a sense that he might lose some targets, but again, we just mentioned that there were 92 vacated by Corey Davis. So there's plenty for Julio Jones to pick up. And, and A.J. Brown did this on only 106. So pretty good catch rate last year, 66% for a deep ball player. So 66 to 70% is what you can expect from Julio Jones based on his target. So again, you have to keep in mind, Corey Davis also averaged 15.1. So we do have a baseline to what he could be doing here as a compliment to A.J. Brown, Julio. So, yeah, you're looking at 90 to 100 targets, possibly 70 catches there. It was pretty even when you look at it. A.J. Brown, 70 catches. Corey Davis, 65. 1075 receiving for Brown, 984 for Davis. Again, the difference was the touchdowns, and we know that's been an issue for Julio Jones. Corey Davis had 5, A.J. Brown at 11. That was the big difference between the two receivers, other than the few receptions and the negligible amount of yards here between the two. So, yeah, so we have an excellent kind of comparison. So Corey Davis would say Julio Jones is more of wide receiver two, maybe even a borderline wide receiver three with the numbers, but because of the scoring. But And you have to also keep in mind that this is a lower passing volume team. They want to be run first. They're going to try to run more than they pass here in terms of attempts there. So that's something to keep in mind. So Davis gives you a good understanding. I would say bump it up because Julio Jones, frankly, is a better trusted and more reliable receiver with a better history of production than Corey Davis. So again, bump more Julio into wide receiver two category. That's really what he was in Atlanta of late with Calvin Ridley kind of taking over the torch there. So really, in the end, it doesn't change Julio Jones' particular value all that much. Instead of now feeding off Calvin Ridley, he's going to feed off A.J. Brown. The one difference is that the Titans don't have the same tight end situation without Jonas Smith there. We'll get into that a little bit, but the Falcons did add Kyle Pitts, so he was going to cut into Julio Jones' work no matter what. Now you get in a situation where Julio is clear the number two target and not a co-1-2-3 with Ridley and Pitts. All right, so there's what Julio Jones' value looks like now. So it doesn't change too much in the transition. Maybe a little bit up as a wide receiver, too. I do have to remind you that Bet Online is the best place to put all your sports action in the fastest and easiest way. NFL season's not here, but you can do all the prop bets and futures ahead of the season here on Bet Online, but you can also check out baseball season in full swing, headed toward the All-Star break. You can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news and odds and information for your sporting needs, including NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, puck drop, or tip-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs into the deep part of the NBA and NHL playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
All you have to do is enter the promo code locked on. That's the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to look at the Julio Jones trade effect and fantasy football on the rest of the Titans for 2021. All right. So let's continue the show. The Titans certainly are excited about having Julio Jones in the mix, playing off A.J. Brown. So we talked about A.J. Brown. It's going to open things up nicely for him. He is, to me, an elite wide receiver one. So you're talking the top half. So you're looking at uh, no later than the eighth overall pick. It is position six to eight, somewhere there for A.J. Brown. There's not a few guys that are much better than that. You might look at uh, the special three from last year, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs. Those guys are up there, but really A.J. Brown can be in the conversation anytime after those three guys off the board or ranked at that position so A.J. Brown completely a wide receiver one again Jones is the more complimentary receiver the touchdowns are the separator as well as the age and really similar type roles but Brown established in the offense it's not going to change much with Todd Downing taking over and Ryan Tannehill certainly has chemistry established here with A.J. Brown over the last two years all right, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, let's look at him. He was falling as an RB2. People were concerned about losing Jonu and losing uh, Corey Davis. What was the production going to be like? Were they going to even go run heavier with Derrick Henry? But Julio James changes things like that. Now, Ryan Tannehill, instead of being a middle-range QB2, he's now borderline back up to being a QB1. I mean, that's what you have to look at when you have two targets of that caliber. And the numbers were good for Tannehill consistently last year. Again, this really helps to have the production of Corey Davis where we can look at from last year and know that Tannehill can really get bumped up. So really, replacing Davis with Jones gives you that direct kind of smooth transition here for the quarterback. So if we were down on Tannehill, again, they may be seeing an expanded role elsewhere for other receivers, and that might have helped bump him up. But Julio certainly does that playing opposite Brown and starting on the outside. You also have Josh Reynolds here. So Reynolds' value, he might have been a sleeper, kind of wide receiver three, but I think that value is gone here because this team really didn't support three receivers. I know Adam Humphreys wasn't completely healthy, but still not room for a third receiver to produce, especially a run-heavy team that is going to use more diverse sets here. We're excited about using Reynolds in some three-receiver sets, working the slot to spread things out in 11 personnel, but this is still going to be a leaning 12 personnel team. Mix things up here with the Ferkser. they got some other options at tight end as well. But again, Josh Reynolds' value pretty much not interested here. Low volume passing team, even as wide receiver three, because Brown is an elite wide receiver one and Jones could be an elite wide receiver two. Doesn't leave much for a third receiver to be that important in this offense for them. And it also could be Des Fitzpatrick here, the rookie fourth round pick out of Louisville there. So we'll see what they do. He was a teammate of 2 2 Atwell. So, again, I like the size. He's a big possession receiver, so we'll see how they work in Reynolds and Fitzpatrick. But for me, I'm off the radar on both of these guys there in fantasy football. Ferkser is a guy that was getting some buzz uh, to potentially see a bigger role with Jonas Smith gone. They've had a shakeup at tight end. It's funny that Delaney Walker was interested in returning to the league, but the Titans were not interested in him. The 49ers, his other former team, seemed to have a little bit more interest. Walker was a pretty consistent force. Jonah, we thought, was going to naturally transition as soon as Walker retired to be that big-time, reliable, uh, kind of middle-of-the-road tight end one. That hasn't happened. 
Ferkser, we had some expectations there, but really now you bring in Jones, you have Reynolds, Fitzpatrick. That cuts into the chance for these 192 vacated targets. So do I think the Titans will be a little bit more pass-friendly and open things up a little bit? I would say yes, but still, Derrick Henry's the bread and butter. They want to set things up in the passing game. This should also say that Derrick Henry has to be less of an interest in the passing game himself. So Derrick Henry is going to be pretty much a power back, capable of catching passes and having an impact there, but I don't think they need to go there necessarily. Again, it's interesting. Even though they lost Davis and Humphreys, they had uh, Jones, Reynolds, and Fitzpatrick. I think they have a little bit more diversity and usage of the receiving core ahead at wideout. And Derrick Henry, again, will be that straight-up power runner in between to set things up for all these guys to throw downfield. So, A.J. Brown, wide receiver one, playing off Julio Jones being a wide receiver two. Tannehill now bumps up to a more confident borderline QB1, QB2. Reynolds off the radar as a wide receiver three. Fitzpatrick, someone who watches a deep sleeper. Anthony Ferkser stays buried as a tight end two. And Derrick Henry still fine as an RB1 with a very similar role that he had to last season. So... Not much going on that's different here for the Titans, pretty much with Jones filling in for Davis. All right, we'll break down the Falcons side of things in our final segment here. They lose a guy that they've been used to making big plays for them for a long time. So that'll be tougher for them. The Titans certainly get excited about Jones being an upgrade over Corey Davis. We'll talk about Falcons in our final segment, but I do have to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. For me, it's easy. Built Bar is the best protein bar I've ever had. It's easy once you uh, get in on Built Bar to not want to try any other bar that's going to have the same level of protein and good for you at the same time and also tastes great, a protein bar that tastes like a dessert. And you can decide what your favorite Built Bar flavor is. They got nine core f- delicious flavors there, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, those are just some of them there for you. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor, we talked about it. I like anything with extra chocolate. So I like mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, also double chocolate, salted caramel. All the bars you get from Built Bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And if you haven't tried all the flavors and have a hard time deciding what's your favorite flavor, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. So 18 bars, get a little variety in there. Not only Built Bar's, are the best tasting, but they're healthy, as I mentioned for you too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, only 4 grams net carbs. So get in on it now. Some raise up the protein value to 18 grams, but go up to only 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. So order today and get that mix box, or if you want to get them all the same, you can. Whatever your favorite is from Built Bar, they're going to take care of you with the Best tasting protein bar ever, the protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As we mentioned at the top, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by RockAuto.com as well. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Just go save on any car part that you need. It doesn't matter what make or model you have. Rock Auto is going to t- take care of you at rockauto.com. They have engine control models and brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether you're a classic driver or you're a daily driver, get everything you need in a few, few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. That is the best thing of all. The prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? To save right now, go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. All right, let us uh, close the show here. The Atlanta Falcons, they lose a good one here. One of the greatest Atlanta Falcons, he moves on. Salary cap purposes, $15.3 million. They had to save that just to sign their rookie draft class. So that includes uh, one Kyle Pitts, and we'll talk about him. If there's any doubt about Kyle Pitts, I don't know why. I think this guy is going to be elite tight end one right away. People are a little bit concerned. How does he make the transition? They're not sure if it's going to be another Eric Ebron situation where it's a receiver that has trouble. But this guy is the best receiving tight end prospect we've seen for a while. He's right now ranked as tight end six, according to expert consensus rankings for half-point PPR and fantasy pros. But I think he's an easy guy that I would think about after the big three. The big three being Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Darren Waller, that he comes into conversation, much like uh, A.J. Brown after the big three there at wide receiver, Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Stephon Diggs in some order there. So he comes into conversation right away. He's going to have big-time usage. You have 68 vacated targets already. He's already going to see a bump up from what Hayden Hurst did last year. So Kyle Pitts, again, he's the biggest beneficiary from this because he's going to be involved big time. Calvin Ridley stays where he's at. I mean, he, this guy's been on fire as the number one when Julio Jones has not played. He's produced clearly like a wide receiver one. You look at the numbers the past two years, strong sample size with Julio Jones missing seven games last year. Whenever Julio didn't play, Calvin Ridley went off. And unlike Julio, he was a big force in the red zone. So, yeah, I really like uh, what you're going to get from Calvin Ridley. He's just an absolute beast here for this team. And he can lock in. He's the clear number one. Remember, he's a first-round pick, too. So he's no slouch. He's also from Alabama. But Ridley, if there's any doubt that he was the number one already there, it's not anymore. 90 catches, 143 targets, 1374, 9 TDs. So... Ridley's going to be in a better position to go off even more. He was an absolute steal last year. I took him as a wide receiver, too, and he produced like a wide receiver one, and I was talking to him up all the time. Well, now the secret's out. Everyone knows Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver one. He's going to live up to that for sure. He has good chemistry with Matt Ryan. Ryan's going to trust him even more, and there's not much else at wide receiver, and that's why Pitts is also going to have a big role. So, Calvin Ridley, high-end wide receiver one. Maybe it's a debate between A.J. Brown and Calvin Ridley. Who would you rather have? But maybe Julio going to Tennessee confirms that Ridley has a little bit more appeal as a wide receiver one, slightly, ever so slightly, than Brown with this situation. That's how good he's acted and performed whenever Julio's not played for the Falcons. So we do have a very good track record there. Pitts should be a big part of what they do. He can fill in for what Ridley did. And Jones, so 68 vacated targets. So certainly most of those figure to go to Pitts here. Russell Gage had a good situation last year too as well with his targets here in Atlanta. He had 109. And this is with uh, Julio Jones missing those seven games. So he had the second most targets, 143 for Ridley, 109 for Russell Gage. He caught only 72 
catch rate, 66.1%. 72 catches, 78, 786 yards, and 4 TDs for Russell Gage. So, a little bit of sleeper wide receiver 3 appeal with those vacated targets. But again, Pitts arrives on the scene, and that hurts. Hayden Hurst was no slouch. I know they're not keeping him beyond this year. They didn't pick up his option after uh, trading for from the Ravens. 88 targets last year, 56 571 and 6. So there are some numbers you can look at there. And again, the thing is that Julio was already absent for much of last year. So you kind of have an idea. So Pitts is the main guy replacing what Julio does. He's going to cut in what Hayden Hurst does. He's going to cut into what Russell Gage did. So I'd say Ridley's the number one target on the team. Pitts is going to merge as the number two. I think you're going to have number three by committee between Hurst and what Gage can do. So that doesn't leave a lot for Olameda, Zacchaeus, and these other receivers. Zacchaeus mainly worked the slot here. This team could definitely transition to more 12 personnel. That means two tight ends there with Hurst and Pitts on the field, knowing that uh, they have less depth at receiver here. So you could see a lot of sets with just Ridley and Gage there at wide receiver. No fullback in the two tight ends. Hurst and Pitts being out there for Arthur Smith. That would make a lot of sense with a lot of stuff that he did with the Titans and Jonas Smith last year. So a lot of crossover evidence between these two teams to help us uh, determine the value here of these players. So, yeah, so I'm excited, really excited about what Kyle Pitts can do. Calvin really is no surprise there. Be wary of making Russell Gage a sleeper wide receiver three. I don't think he's that interesting, especially with Hurst being a tight end two that's going to cut in well into the work here. But yeah, Ridley and Pitts locked in as elite options. I also could see Mike Davis out of the backfield had a good year filling in for Christian McCaffrey, seeing a nice role in the receiving game. But he's mainly going to replace the targets lost by Todd Gurley and some of these other running backs there. So not too much effect there, but they could lean more in the running game with the two tight end sets and bumps up Mike Davis's value just a little bit more here as a sleeper RB2. And then you look at Matt Ryan. This certainly uh, limits Matt Ryan's uh, value here. We were excited maybe about Matt Ryan and the situation there with Ridley, Jones, and Pitts, but now you take Jones out of the mix. So just Ridley and Pitts. So these are his main two sources of production. Gage and Hurst are going to have their days. Davis is going to help a little bit on checkdowns. Zacchaeus will have a few moments as well as that extra slot receiver when they spread the field. But again, I see this Falcon team transitioning to a little bit more running, a little bit more controlled uh, kind of sets here with two tight ends and two wide receivers. I don't think they necessarily want to open things up and chuck, chuck, chuck with Matt Ryan. They're also thinking about replacing him here soon. So again, it just doesn't help Matt Ryan. So as one Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, bumps up into solid uh, borderline QB1, QB2 status, maybe even in the top 10, you're looking at Matt Ryan probably no higher than 15, somewhere in that range with this situation uh, coming off the year he did. So, and Julio certainly hurt by Matt Ryan, and Tannehill certainly helped there. 26-11, and 11, touchdown interception-wise, 45-81. So, you probably see the yardage drop a little bit. The touchdown's not going to speculate and go up too much. You're not going to get much in the running game either from Matt Ryan. So, again, Julio... Just having that familiarity, all that yardage, being able to stretch the field, that's going to be something lost here for the Falcons quarterback in 2021. But yeah, Ridley Pitts, bump up. Be careful about overvaluing Gage and Hurst after that. Davis, a little bit maybe underrated beneficiary of Jones being out of the equation here, but uh, Ryan certainly hurt the most here. And that always happens when a quarterback 
loses a elite receiver and another one gains one there in 2021. So there you have it. There's a breakdown, complete breakdown of the Julio Jones trade from every angle, the Julio angle, the Titans angle, the Falcons angle. It should be exciting to see what he can do in a different uniform, in a different division, in a different conference, what he does there. But I think it's a decent situation for Julio. It's not ideal. It's not the 100 best situation to get him to be a wide receiver one again, but he can still be a little bit more exciting wide receiver two here for you in 2021. So there's a breakdown of the Julio Jones trade. We should go back on track and uh, continue looking at our mock draft. We'll go to round two. Some advice there, the players we want to pick. We've already got our 12 teams established with our first pick, so we'll continue that for you on the next show here on Locked On Fantasy Football. I do have to remind you that you do have to check out uh, Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, how high is the Titan ceiling with Julio Jones? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. We'll see you on our next show as we continue our mock draft.